only a few weeks ago, all these trees here in this small park opposite of the church and the rectory where I live, all these trees were in full bloom. Beautiful cherry blossom, nice white flowers that gradually over time turned pink. And now the, you see a little bit of the petals still here in the grass, but all the flowers are gone and the leaves are starting to grow. Oh well, that's how the weather changes over time. We're heading into, uh, into May soon, which will bring even more warmth, sunshine, flowers, and uh, oh my gosh, outdoor activities. I'm so looking forward to uh, the festivals and some of them have already started, but there are more to come. Um, I'm planning on going to a Lord of the Rings festival in Germany, which is, uh, for me, unknown territory. <laughs> Germany, that is. I don't uh, often travel there. Uh, and I had no idea that they had such a vibrant uh, Tolkien culture over there. Uh, these guys are repairing the pavement here in the center of the town in front of the Protestant church. Um, so th apparently there's a huge German Tolkien uh, club, you could say, and from all over the country they come together for a weekend and uh, they rebuild uh, locations from The Lord of the Rings. So two years ago, I think that was right before the pandemic, they had another convention and they rebuild Rohan or at least something that kind of evoked the Rohan uh, culture and so you've got a lot of uh, cosplayers uh, people make their own um, armor and swords and uh, leather clothing and whatnot and there are also lectures and there are Tolkien experts so I heard about this by accident because I follow a Dutch Tolkien society and uh, they talked about this and I, I, the reason that I never heard of it was probably because for the last two years because of COVID um, this German uh, society didn't, didn't organize uh, an outdoor event but this year for the first time that's what they're going to do and it's actually quite close to the Dutch border so <clears throat> it's in the south well, if I travel to the south of the country, get a bed and breakfast there, then from, from there I can easily go hop over the, over the frontier, uh, over the border, and, uh, and check out what's happening there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And there are more activities um, that, now that the weather is improving, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I also really uh, am looking forward to the, the big trips of uh, in the next month. Uh, of course, Rome. That's going to be so good to be back in Rome. I've not been in Rome for two years now. And, oh man, I miss that city. I miss the people there, the food, and of course, the Vatican. And yeah, it's going to be amazing. Um, and then also a country where I haven't been in a long, long time, the United States. So I'll be traveling to L.A. later in the month of May. And I'll be staying there for about two weeks with uh, 
uh, Rob, who is a, a great friend of, uh, of what we do um, and a supporter of our mission. And the two of us have been together in Rome in the past for a trip, and we had a great time there. We illegally were flying a drone uh, in Rome, which is, like, super risky. Uh, I'll never forget those moments. It was a ton of fun. Um, and uh, there is a Star Wars convention there. Uh, so that's going to be a, a bit different from Tolkien. What I hope to do is to uh, make some, some mini-documentaries about these events. Because it's, it's funny that especially these kind of fantasy-related uh, events have grown so much over the past years. Um, and I think it is for a reason. I think it's my hypothesis that um, in, in a time where people are adrift in a certain way, like we've seen so much darkness, there's a, the world has become so complicated and confusing. And then on the other hand, the things that gave people guidance and kind of common ideals, uh, religion is on the decline and so people don't have stories anymore that bind them together um, maybe that's also why we watch so many uh, television series and <clears throat> it is our I think built in quest for meaning and our desire to use stories to transmit values and help remind us of the things that are truly important in life and help us also to make the right choices so that's going to be kind of my basic hypotheses um, with which I'm going to do some interviews and hopefully tell a compelling story about these various events. So that's fun because that's kind of a bit in, in, in the world that I have always been a part of even before I became a priest. Um, and also, since it allows me to travel, <laughs> that that also kind of really helps to um, enjoy the process so that's going to be uh, a ton of fun I'm also thinking about other ways in which I can <clears throat> uh, expand the mission uh, into new territories and as you know I've been uh, a great fan and still am of TikTok as a <clears throat> social media platform uh, and I'm especially interested in um, the educational side of it. So uh, there are tons of experts uh, that I follow there, um, be it people that work in the field of, of communications, uh, media, sound designer, editors, filmmakers, documentary makers, you name it, it exists on TikTok. But I also follow a lot of um, coaches and people uh, for instance, psychologists, uh, therapists that also try to teach people and help people um, by sharing their knowledge for free on TikTok. I follow script writers, so people that are um, uh, have dedicated their lives to, to telling stories and they share uh, their their knowledge, their experience um, in in these short videos and. Surprisingly, there are almost no religious people on TikTok. Well, <laughs> and when I say almost no, none, um, of course there are, because TikTok is used by millions and millions of people. So, But percentage-wise, it is a, a misrepresented group. And 
uh, and I feel that this is an opportunity for me to explore to see if I can uh, establish a presence on on TikTok because I I feel that as a church we we should be there. Now I don't know if I'm the best person to do that. Uh, I'm definitely not as hip as a lot of the TikTokers, but maybe that's not necessary. Maybe it just is enough to provide people with concrete, concrete help um, and uh, uh, share a bit of my experience. That's one of the advantages of being a bit older on that platform is that you have a lot of experience to share and personal experience, not just things that you learn from books. That's the kind of the category of people that I love following most are people that are already established in their own field of expertise and that so they've got stories to tell not just information to share and I feel that that is something that uh, um, is worth exploring and worth trying out now the, the, the thing with all these new uh, adventures in the world of media and new uh, elements of my mission in the media uh, it, the, the thing is I've never done this before and so, as you know, I, I uh, often struggle with the same thing that a lot of uh, uh, creative people struggle with is, am I good enough? You've got that imposter syndrome. Like, who am I that I put myself out there and pretend that I can give advice, whereas there are people that are so much better than I am in doing that. And I feel a bit intimidated uh, by that on on YouTube and on TikTok as well. There are so many excellent excellent content producers out there who am i to pretend that i can partake in that and and at the same time of course uh that's nonsense because i am me and so i can add my own personal knowledge and experience and that is unique by the fact that it is me who shares that and not someone else so and and then of course there is also this um the the image that I that has has helped me also in um, in being present in social media is this is a big worldwide phenomenon and you always kind of imagine the <laughs> uh, situation like there is this big mountain top like Mount Everest and there's one climber who can only be on the top and well the others why would you even try. Whereas that's not exactly the right image. It's more like a sea. And you've got all these boats in a harbor. Hundreds and hundreds of them. And if there's a big wave, it lifts up all the boats. And that is, I think, how I should look at my own work. Yes, I'm, I'm just one of the many boats in this big ocean of social media. But um, I'm just as much part of the harbor as all these other boats. And it can be interesting for some people to, uh, to jump on, on, on board with me. And some will jump on board others. But there are more people that want to be on a boat than there are boats in the harbor. So, um, yeah, anyway, so that, that, that helps me to uh, step away from this idea that if I'm not uh, the best, if I'm not delivering peak performance, then I shouldn't even partake in in the whole uh, process. <clears throat> so, and another thing that is part of that, just go for it, 
is that the more you do it, the better you get. I would have never learned how to podcast had I not started. I still remember how I recorded my first podcast. It was on a small laptop and I was in Rome and I had this terrible microphone. I think it was a, I was using a, a, a mini disc recorder back then and I had a tiny microphone that I plugged in and I recorded myself, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to speak. So I wrote down everything I wanted to say and I just read it. And ooh, it's so, it's cringeworthy, of course. But at the time, it was, for me, a way to get going. I just read a text and, and, and yeah, sure, it's not at all what I would do today. But it got me going. And then I got better. I got better equipment, more experience. I got feedback. Um, and the, and, and it, the actual breakthrough for me was not sitting in front of a microphone reading texts. But it was going out in the streets and, and record what I saw and describe, trying to describe what I saw in, in the city of Rome. That was what finally gave me the the idea of how I could pull this off. I just when you walk, that's what I'm doing right now, I'm crossing the street here, um, you tend to forget uh, to be perfect. You just share and you describe what you see and that in itself is painting a picture in the minds of the people that are listening. So I don't know what the picture is in your head, but I'm walking through this neighborhood and uh, everybody has the big green containers with the orange top outside because this is the day of the week that they are gathering all the plastic garbage so we separate all our our um, uh, our waste and today they're going to pick up the plastic so I have to if I walk over the sidewalk I have to constantly uh, uh, <laughs> I have to walk around these big green containers um, so anyway you, you probably picture a street now with big green containers <laughs> but it's simple it's nothing by the way to prove that these containers are really here that's that's the lid of one of those they're already emptied um, so uh, what what helps me with podcasting was always to just do it and I think that's the clue for everything. Um, and when it comes to TikTok, I think the, the best way for me to establish a presence there is to always show up, to make a commitment to myself and to my viewers that I will be there. And then just pick any topic. As another thing, don't overthink it. Just if you have something to share, if you want to help, do it. And don't think, well, but I could also do this or I could also do that. That has paralyzed me for years, uh, always overthinking things. The joy of sharing in itself is the primary value. Um, and then the rest, the quality will follow. And the more you do it, the better you, you become at it. And you know what? This is true for everything. This is also true for physical health. Um, since I, I joined that running group, 
my overall pace and speed has gone up tremendously. Not that I wasn't running before, but it is this group that keeps challenging me, or at least the trainer keeps challenging us, to accelerate, decelerate, to go beyond. Like the other day, I was, uh, we were running uphill. This was after already an hour of training. And for the last part, the sun was already setting. We were in the woods. Um, the trainer takes, and he, the trainer is from, uh, is he from Ghana or Cameroon or I forgot. But anyway, he's a great runner. He took us to uh, uh, one of those bike lanes that we have in the woods, but this one goes up a hill. It's a pretty steep incline. I think it's about five, six percent, and on top of the hill is a. Uh, a bench where people can just sit and rest he had us run up and down that hill for about half an hour and running up the hill we had to accelerate and when we went down that's where you actually want to run faster um, he told us to go slow and uh, it was exhausting I was tired I'm like, why do I do this to myself? And my legs literally hurt. And at one point, he starts running with me. And he says, "Ah, Roderick, you can go faster. You know, just give it all you got. One more time. And then he started to set the pace, which was about double the speed that I was going at. But of course, I wanted to... uh, He's my trainer. So if he thinks I can do it, I do it. So I ran at his speed. And I arrive on top of the hill, literally fighting through the pain in my legs. And then I go down and at the bottom, I was like, I was so exhausted. I could barely stand on my feet. But at the same time, I, I, I knew that I would have never pushed myself this far had I not shown up for training. And so it's that aspect of the training that, keeps, that helps me to keep improving. And the only thing I need to do is to show up. And the trainer will take it from there. And so uh, in the summer, I will walk the um, walk of the world. That's how it's called in, in English. So it's four days, 50 kilometers per day. Um, I'm already training for that. Um, and, and, and right now, I don't think I could do it. Last time I walked that event I walked 40 kilometers per day and I was already super tired that's eight hours of walking and now with 50 kilometers it means you you leave you start at four o'clock in the morning and then you walk for 10 hours if you walk five kilometers per hour and still have you know take some time to eat lunch and uh, take a short break every once in a while so um, the only way I can pull that off is by showing up every day right now for the next what is it 16 weeks I think and and do what my training schedule tells me to do it's nothing too exciting it's it's yeah these are long distances so I'll be walking oftentimes for um, four hours five hours and sometimes I have to do that multiple times so I am very thankful that I have my audiobooks with me so I can at the same time read a book or study something. Um, that's how I can 
integrate that. But the, the 50 kilometers for four days, that will be no problem as long as I keep showing up. And food, same thing. Uh, you want to eat a healthier diet, keep showing up in the sense that keep uh, for every meal don't stray away from your goal um, and show up for a healthy recipe uh, make sure that you integrate like one of the things I, I, I try to uh, make a habit out of is to always integrate some type of vegetable in my uh, in my recipe even in the morning so even if it is as simple as a slice of tomato it's not about the quantity but it's about this habit it's about showing up like i'm here with the vegetables and that's going to be part of of what i eat even if it's just a little bit but it's more important for me to have that habit than to always you know have the perfect quantity and uh reading is another one uh, I make sure I read something every day. Now, I am very ambitious, so I wanted to read two books, two books per week, and 100 books in this year. And I didn't think I could do it, but I felt like let's just try, let's just show up. And so every day. Um, normally I'm supposed to show up at 5 o'clock in the afternoon after I'm done working and I read for one hour. Now, I can't always pull that off because sometimes uh, work just needs a little bit more time to finish but then I make sure I listen to an audiobook while I'm cooking, for instance, or during um, when I'm going out to for groceries. I listen to a bit of the book and just by establishing that routine showing up every day <laughs> to my books um, I actually am now two books ahead of schedule so I'm reading more than I thought I would read and I would I think if I continue to show up for this reading exercise every day I will re easily read a hundred books per year and I'm actually enjoying it <laughs> and then learning so much so I think the same is true for um, for the podcasts. Uh, I made uh, the commitment at the beginning of this year to never uh, falter with the podcast and to always show up, to always make sure that every week there are these two public podcasts and then there are the three podcasts that we give to the patrons. Um, and you know what? The more you have that determination to always show up for your audience the easier it gets yeah it requires a bit more planning and sometimes i have to kind of squeeze the lemon to get the last drops of of inspiration and ideas uh into a podcast so it's not always easy like there are days that it's i have way too many topics and there are also moments where i have to record a podcast and I really don't know what to talk about because I've, and then sometimes it gets a bit repetitive, and uh, uh, sure, but it's better to be repetitive every once in a while than not to show up because then there would be nothing. And so uh, the, this this routine 
is also creating a, a lot of energy to uh, that you can then focus on on the quality of what you do, and that's what I hope to do with these new initiatives as well. That's why I'm I'm really hoping that this year we can establish this uh, regular production schedule for a podcast. I think we're here um, for my. Uh, so I'm making these Dutch videos. Actually, it's it's done now. So I did a video columns. There was still a bit of budget left from last year. So I made these video columns in Dutch. But I'm going to continue because uh, I know how to do that now. I have this whole workflow. Uh, and it's actually enjoyable because I don't have to worry about how am I going to produce this. I know how much time it takes to write a text. I know exactly how to um, use the mini teleprompter that I have on my, uh, on my camera so I don't have to learn the text by heart. Uh, so I record the text. I then use a few inserts, some pictures or some video footage. And, and I have some pre, pre-composed, uh, pre-composed sequences where there's already like a, a sound bed of music underneath so uh, automatically with, you know, in about an hour I can produce a video like that. Whereas when I first started that, it took me sometimes two days. Um, so it would be a shame to not continue that. So the only change I have to make is to turn that into a weekly column in English. But I will talk about the same topics. And it will help me to to show up every week for a hopefully shareable piece of content that I can then post on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, and that's also how I'm thinking of, uh, of TikTok. Uh, it's, it's for, I, I know that if I want to dabble with that, I need to uh, commit myself to doing that every, I don't know, every week is probably not enough. Um, every few days or for instance every weekday I don't know Um, and probably I can also batch produce this and batch record this it's what I do with podcasts as well I record several podcasts in a row so that frees up a lot of time and it also is really helpful to for the preparation because I can sit focus write down all my ideas for the various topics I want to address. So I'm thinking of doing the same with TikTok. The only question mark that I have is what's going to be the niche that I'm going to cater to. Um, and I've been thinking quite a bit, maybe I should do Star Wars because that seems to work quite well on YouTube. But then it would just be like YouTube. It's not going to add anything and I ultimately decided that on TikTok, I just want to be there as the so-called geek priest. So a, a Catholic priest, and I talk about, about, about faith, about life, about applying the values of the gospel to your day-to-day life, including the problematic parts of your life. And I share my experience... So I don't want it to be a course in theology. Uh, it's not about information. It's about sharing my own experience, including maybe my own 
you know, uh, failures and, and struggles to, uh, to live out my faith. And I can use the geeky side as an illustration. So instead of starting with the geek stuff like I do on YouTube, I begin with faith, knowing that there, if people look for geek stuff, they will first find um, 10,000 other TikTokers that are way more knowledgeable than I am. If they look for priests, they'll only find a few. And there are not that many priests. I follow a French priest who is pretty good, but he's very... Um, it's very much a classic priest. So he talks, he talks to an audience that is supposed to be familiar with the Catholic faith. Um, and it's, it's more of a kind of support for Catholics. So it's a different, it's a different approach than I would take. Um, then there is this, I think, a South American priest. Um, and he's, he's great too. He's very hip. So he does all the, even the dance moves and everything. And, I'm like, nope, that would not work for me. I mean, he's great. He's got tens of thousands of followers. Um, and that's, that's really uh, amazing and impressive what he does. But if I would try to duplicate that, I'd, it wouldn't be me. But I'm thinking, you know, those are the, actually the only two priests that I found. There is another priest that I found on Instagram who lives in the Holy Land. I found him through Mount Matorak. And he's posting walks, actually, but he lives in, in the area of Jerusalem. So he goes for these morning walks and shows you all sorts of images of the Holy Land. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's really impressive. Uh, but, well, I don't live in... I live in a beautiful country, but it's not that every day I can go on a different walk and show you the, the splendor of Holland in, in, in all its... No, it's, it would be the same every day. <laughs> So that's not an option for me, but but that's about it. I don't know that many other priests who are there and actually really communicate to an audience and with an audience. So it's back and forth. So I'm thinking, you know, if you take that image from the boats in the harbor, I think my there is room for my boat as well. And I think it could help me reach another demographic than I currently reach with podcasts and with YouTube. And... And it's also a way for me to do something that's a little bit more specifically um, uh, pastoral and spiritual guidance and accompaniment, 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 accompaniment. <laughs> so it's something that I don't do explicitly in in all the other. Uh, things that I do. The, the trick for me is, um, first of all, I've got to keep it super simple. So no editing, no big things. Don't try to emulate all these you know, professional YouTubers because they do this for a living. They often have a team who helps them do this. Uh, they have experience. They've been doing this for years. Um, I'm brand new to the game. So keep it simple, but keep it real. Keep it genuine. Keep it authentic. And trust that that is enough. Um, and always keep in mind, if you only reach a few hundred people, try to visualize those people. That's what Inge always tells me to do when uh, we talk about the Mass that I stream on Sunday. 
um, which throughout the week reaches about 500, 600 people. Um, sometimes a little bit more, depends on the time of year. And then I was like, well, that's not much. Because <laughs> I'm used to going viral on YouTube and then you have tens of thousands of people. Uh, but then Inga says, well, but imagine all these people in a church. You know, you would fill a cathedral with this. And there are not that many priests that can tell that, that this weekend they had a cathedral filled to the brim with people. So that is actually not bad at all. And that's how I um, try to, to um, keep things real as well. If I can help a few hundred people through my TikTok videos and I keep it simple, then that is in itself already uh, quite something and, and worth my time. And the second thing is, of course, I need to make sure that I don't go overboard by trying too much. Like, I've got so many ideas. Um, the, another idea, something I would like to do over time, is to create some courses. We have this community hour on Friday where, right now, again, we've established a certain habit. It's very easy to do live streaming for about an hour. I can bring in guests. Audio video is, is, is good. It's, it's, uh, I can share my screen. So I'm very happy with the system we have in place. But I was immediately thinking, of, oh, wait a minute, I could use this for teaching. I could give an online course. So I pitched this to the Patreon community. Hey, I'm thinking about maybe starting some courses. What would you be interested in? Um, I could give a communications course and share with you how I make my, my uh, podcasts and videos. It's not about you know, being the go-to guy for podcasting because I don't know enough about it. But I, what I have is my own personal way of doing this and my personal experience. And th- the same is true with YouTube and streaming and all these other things, public speaking. Uh, I've done a lot of that. Uh, so... That's something I could share in my own way. Is there any interest for that? And so some of the community reacted with, hmm, communication, that's interesting. Um, A course about Star Wars, maybe not, or books. Eh, I'd rather have a book club where we can just uh, be more, where it's more informal. Um, And so other people said, I don't have time for that. That's fine if you do that, but I won't listen to it. I'm not the uh, the target audience for that because I just, I barely have time to listen to all the podcasts. So that's valuable information for me, and it also uh, requires me, of course, if I have an idea like that, to talk it over with the board because it will take up time. Um, everything that I do requires preparation, execution time, and post-production time. So if you do something, if you add something to the mix, it means you also have to subtract something. You have to make sure that that, that, that something else is uh, outsourced or, you know, uh, I can't multiply the amount of time uh, that I have available for my work. And so uh, this, is, this is kind of the... the the process, but I do know that if I were to do a course, I want to organize it in such a way that I, it doesn't have to be perfect from the get-go. I'm not Casey Neistat launching it 
a 20 episode, you know, all you need to know about YouTube success. No, it's just going to be me with my current experience in teaching and current work experience. And that in itself is enough. And you know, over time, you can always redo the course, make it better, refine it. You get some feedback as well that will help. And so, you know, it's just an idea I keep in the back of my mind. And, well, I'm also sharing this with you. If you have an interest in a communications course, for, in, for instance, let me know. And uh, uh, that is true for anything that I do or don't do. If you have any ideas of what I should maybe consider doing, I'd love to hear from you. Hey, for the patrons, I'll be doing an extra mile. But uh, for now, for this walk, I'm going to stop it here. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to support me and, uh, and listen to these extra podcasts that I make for the patrons, go to patreon.com slash Thanks for the privilege of your time. Have a wonderful week. And we'll talk soon. God bless.